Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to UFO Warning. Well, we're going back a few years for this one. The story was first broken in 2008, but it goes back to 1957. This headline here from Reuters says, U.S. pilot was forced to shoot down UFO by Peter Griffins. London, two U.S. fighter planes were scrambled in order to shoot down an unidentified flying object over the English countryside during the Cold War, according to secret files made public on Monday. One pilot said he was seconds away from firing 24 rockets at the object, which moved erratically and gave a radar reading like a flying aircraft carrier. Think about this. They sent this guy up to shoot down a UFO that looked on the radar like it was the size of an aircraft carrier. The pilot, Milton Torres, now 77, of course this article's from, what, 15 years ago, and living in Miami, said it spent periods motionless in the sky before reaching estimated speeds of more than 7,600 miles per hour. After the alert, a shadowy figure told Torres he must never talk about the incident, and he duly kept silent for more than 30 years. His study, his story rather, was among dozens of UFO sightings and defense ministry files released at the National Archives in London. In a written account, Torres described how he scrambled his F-86D Sabre jet in calm weather from the Royal Air Force Base at Manston, Kent in May of 1957. Quote, I was only a lieutenant and very much aware of the gravity of the situation. I felt very much like a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest, he said. The order came to fire a salvo of rockets at the UFO. The authentication was valid, and I selected 24 rockets. He says, I had, I had a lock on that had the proportions of a flying aircraft carrier. The larger the airplane, the easier the lock on. This blimp, this blip almost locked itself. At the last moment, the object disappeared from the radar screen, and the high-speed chase was called off. He returned to the base and was debriefed the next day by an unnamed man who looked like a well-dressed IBM salesman, he says. He threatened me with a national security breach if I, breached, if I breathed a word about it to anyone, he said. The documents contain no official explanation for the incident, which came at a time of heightened tension between the West and the Soviet Union. Planes were on constant standby at a British base for a possible Soviet attack. Now, if you ever happen to come across the YouTube video, it was the interview with Mr. Torres. He explains that as he was coming at this uh, UFO, he had locked on his radar and he attempted to fire the rockets, but the rockets wouldn't fire. And, and then, just at that instant, this craft, whatever it was that was just hovering there, shot up uh, several miles into the sky. Uh, he says on the, on the video that he estimated it at maybe as much as 10,000 miles an hour, at least Mach 10. And he goes on and explains what we, what we know is that a human body could not withstand those sorts of G-forces, accelerating from uh, a, a steady state to traveling at you know seven to 10,000 miles an hour instantly. 
So whatever this thing was, it was certainly not man-made. It goes on, it says, the file bl- <clears throat> the files blame other UFO sightings on weather balloons, clouds, or normal aircraft. Torres said he had been waiting 50 years for an explanation. Quote, I shall never forget it, he told the Times. On that night, I was ordered to open fire even before I had taken off. That had never happened before. UFO expert David Clark said the sighting may have kept part may have been kept part of a secret U.S. project to create phantom air to create phantom aircraft on radar screens to test Soviet air defenses. Perhaps that perhaps what this pilot had seen was some kind of experiment in electronic warfare, or maybe it was a UFO. He said something very unusual happened. Well, it's hard to imagine that they would have risked starting World War III by sending up a pilot to shoot down an aircraft that didn't exist. You read some of these articles, and the debunkers just seem to become dumber and dumber. Uh, This is the first pilot that they've come out and uh, admitted that they were ordered to shoot down a UFO. There are other cases where we've we've read about pilots uh, who attempted to shoot down UFOs, usually uh, sometimes not with uh, good outcomes. But it just goes to show you the secrecy that they've kept. For 50 years, they've had this story and not told anybody. And then it was finally was released in 2008. To really, not a lot of fanfare. Now, there was another uh, story that broke um, here recently. July 20th, it came out. And it looks like the Pentagon uh, has been told to release more UFO uh, information. Of course, you know, we had... Uh, Senator Rubio from down in Florida had been trying to get some stuff released. The last big, the last big uh, UFO disclosure from the Pentagon was kind of a nothing burger. But it seems like maybe Congress is going after the Pentagon again, trying to pin them down, trying to force some more disclosure. Who knows how it'll work? It says Pentagon renames UFO office, expands mission to include transmedium objects. Goes on and says, after only eight months of existence, the Pentagon's office tasked with investigating and tracking UFOs or unidentified aerial phenomena will look beyond the stars for objects of interest. On Wednesday, the Pentagon announced that it renamed and expanded the authority of the government's chief UFO office, formerly known as the Airborne Object Identification Management Group. The office will now be known as All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, or AARO. It seems like every year or two they come up with a different uh, name, a different group of people uh, to try to track down what this UFO phenomenon is. And I'm not so sure if that's just something they're doing because they don't know what they're looking for, or maybe this is just their way of holding on to the UFO knowledge that they have and not being forced to share it with Congress. Because, you know, we know knowledge is power. And I think oftentimes we forget, and I talked about this on my YouTube channel, I think people forget that we we no longer really have three branches of government. We have at least four, maybe five branches. Because you have the legislative branch, you have uh, the executive branch with the president, and you have the judicial branch. But you also have this fourth branch uh, of bureaucracies. And we've seen how much power that these things can exert over people, whether it's through uh, the FBI and law enforcement, whether it's through uh, the CDC, whether it's through uh, some other 
some some other uh, bureau, IRS, whatever. And we've also seen what could almost be a, a fifth branch of government, which kind of bleeds into this bureaucracy, and that's the military. In this case, the Pentagon, and they have a lot of power, and sometimes it seems like they have a lot more power than the legislative, the executive, or the judicial branch, because they just seem to do whatever they want. And it goes on here, it says, with the new with the new name comes increased responsibilities. The Defense Department said in a statement, while the group was mostly focused on airborne and threats in space, the renamed office will also look into unidentified objects that are submerged in water or deemed transmedium. Transmedium typically refers to the ability of an object to fly across multiple environments. For example, an object could be considered transmedium if it could fly through Earth's atmosphere in addition to another environment, such as space or underwater. Of course, you know, we've had that recent uh, case where it was revealed that where UFOs were, were observed, and they were observed coming in and going out of uh, space into the Earth's atmosphere, and then crashing into and out of uh, the ocean. Now, if you just stop and think about how much energy that would require and the kind of materials that that would require, there's there's nothing uh, even close to that that's been uh, created by uh, humans at this point. And I think it's, you know, with that video being released, it's almost got to the point where some of these people in, in the legislative branch are demanding that the military uh, begin to share the information, the data, the knowledge they have about these phenomena. Now, whether they will comply with that is anybody's guess. It says, the office's new scope and name result from a provision of the National Defense Authorization Act for the fiscal 2022. The bill includes a provision to establish an office with responsibilities that were broader than those originally signed to the old office. So you can see what's happening here. The legislative branch tells the Defense Department to do something. They come back with a nothing burger. Then the Defense Department and then the legislative branch responds by giving them more money and then giving them uh, a more involved, bigger order to do something. So we have to wonder, will they just come back with a bigger nothing burger? It says the renaming comes amid an uptick in interest in UFOs in Washington. It goes on, it says, earlier this year, Congress held its first hearing on UFOs in over half a century. During the hearing, lawmakers questioned Pentagon officials for more information about sightings of UFOs, with many lawmakers voicing criticism about a lack of transparency surrounding the issue. Well, this is the whole point. You know the old adage, knowledge is power. Well, if the Defense Department has this knowledge, they're going to be pretty reticent about sharing it with anybody because they want to keep that power to themselves. Now, you might say, well, it's a matter of national security, and how can we trust the legislative branch? Half of them are already bought out by the Chinese or whatnot. That could be a point, but only if we give them the benefit of the doubt. It says in June 2021, the intelligence community released a long-awaited report on what it knows about a series of flying objects observed over the past few decades. The release of the report, while revealing little about the sightings, marked one of the first times the government acknowledged the mysterious sightings. Well, you said it all right there in Defense News. It revealed little about the sightings. And we've talked about this on the program in the past. Uh, some of the pictures that they provided us uh, from the radar, we know that they have clearer pictures 
because they talked about how the men in black uh, came onto the ships in some cases, took uh, the electronic uh, images that were that that were captured. Uh, we've never seen those. We know that uh, we were we know that they can they can uh, create basically photographic images of objects in space miles and miles away. Uh, they have they have the the U.S. Navy has incredible has an incredible capabilities with their radar, but the only thing released to the public are these blurry images. There's no way that we are getting pictures of what the pilots are seeing or of what they're photographing or what they're imaging on radar. It says, in addition to investigating objects, the renamed office will also be tasked with synchronizing efforts across the Department of Defense and with other U.S. federal departments and agencies to detect and identify objects of interest near locations pertinent to national security, such as training areas or military installations. You have to ask yourself how serious they are about that. You know, we just found out here, what, a month or so ago, that the Chinese government recently purchased, I think it was 200 acres of farm ground, for whatever reason, just a few miles from... uh, a military base in North Dakota that's known as a drone base and where they have a, a top secret communication going in and out of that base. So we have to ask ourselves, are our interests being looked after? Is the military really going to go out and search this stuff down? What happened What happened a couple of years ago when they had the drone swarms in Colorado and Nebraska and, and the ones even over the... Uh, uh, the atomic energy plant, I believe it was near Phoenix. There seemed to be no investigation about that. Even to this day, people report UFOs constantly, but is there really any actual investigation? Or the, is the military ever really looking into this stuff? It says, in cases where a relevant object is identified and deemed to be a hazard to national security, the office is also responsible for mitigating the threat. Well, this could lead to real problems, in my opinion. If they start uh, firing on these things, you know, it's bad enough to start World War War World War Three with the Russians, the Chinese. But do you really want to start World War Three with uh, a species or an entity or whatever that had that has the ability to travel here from millions of miles away? And, and secondly, how do you know it's a threat? How do you know that whatever these things are aren't simply here to observe? We haven't even we haven't even determined that yet. We haven't even determined whether they're friendly or unfriendly. A, a lot of people would say, well, they if they have the mechanical capacity to come from outer space uh, through the Earth's atmosphere into the ocean, back out again, back into the Earth's atmosphere, back into outer space. Something something that could do that, if it wanted to destroy our Navy or Air Force or whatever, shouldn't have that big of a problem. Now, if you've seen a machine do this, then why in the world would you want to think that you wanted to mitigate that thing? It, se- it seems like the first response is to shoot and ask questions later. Just like we talked about with the Torres case back in 1957. The, the response of the Air Force was, oh, this could be something... Here to attack us, we need to shoot at it. So they send up aircraft to shoot at it. Fortunately, whatever this thing was, just decided they weren't that much of a threat, so they left. That's that's the thing that concerns me is you get these people in here that 
they can't think outside the little box they live in. They don't have a common sense enough to realize, okay, number one, these things are real, we're seeing them. Number two, we don't know what they are. We don't know if they're interdimensional. We don't know if they're uh, from some other universe, some other galaxy, whatever. We have no idea. But we know they got here, and we're not going to where they're at, which shows that they are far more advanced than we are. Secondly, if you just look at the mechanical capabilities of these things, the speeds they can travel, the, the, the transmedium, as they say, going from one medium to another, from water to air to space, we don't have anything that can do that, at least not that we know of, and certainly it defies, it defies the realm of physics even, that the human body couldn't even withstand those kinds of G-forces. So the notion that you're going to mitigate this, mitigate it with what? Secondly, we don't know if these things are all friendly or all unfriendly or neutral. We know there have been some things that happened that would make a person think that they're unfriendly. There's plenty of human abduction cases. There's plenty of cases where people have come back with implants. Now, of course, there's always a, a herd of, of, of uh, debunkers that want to come along and claim that these are fake, not real, whatever. But there's, there's too many of them. There's been too many of these implants taken out. Something's, something's going on here. We don't understand it, but something is happening. And it seems to be negative. Taking people against their will and putting an implant in them, to me, that's, that's, that's classified as unfriendly, not friendly. Not to mention the animal mutilation cases. These animals are clearly being taken by something. They're, they're standing out in the, out in the uh, pasture or the timber or some you know, remote forest area. And they're discovered the next day, oftentimes with broken bones as if they've been dropped, that's how it's described. Uh, they've been had incisions put on them where the blood instantly clots, coagulates, whatever. There's no blood on the ground. It says if they've been taken somewhere, uh, had all these terrible, torturous procedures done to them, oftentimes they had their sex organs cut out, part of their internal body cut out, dropped back down to earth. Whatever's happened to them is distressful enough that the carrion, the crow, whatever, won't even won't even attempt to salvage the carcass. That's an unfriendly act, in my opinion. But it's something that we can't do. We as humans don't own spaceships that we can come along and just uh, tractor beam somebody up into a spaceship, do all this crazy stuff to them, and then put them back dead or alive. So thinking about it in that way, just coming to the grips of reality. That yes, we're dealing with phenomena. Yes, we're dealing with a phenomenon that is obviously far more advanced than us in a lot of ways. And yes, it might be unfriendly. And yes, it may have the capacity to do great harm to us. We don't know. But to put the army in charge of mitigating that, well, what are you going to mitigate? You don't even know yet what these things are. There's no way to mitigate something that you don't understand even what it is. So this is the thing that I find probably the most concerning. I'm starting to see a little bit of panic coming from the legislative branch. I think maybe somebody's starting to wake up a little bit, and they're starting to think that somehow they have to get their mind around this, and they need the military to help them. It says, in addition to investigating objects, the renamed office will also be tasked with synchronizing efforts. Yes, we went in through all that. Look... They haven't even been able to give us any solid answers yet. So I don't hold out a lot of faith that even with this extra authority, extra money, 
and extra responsibilities put on them. I'm not looking for uh, the Pentagon to come back next week and say, oh, yes, we've solved this. But what could come out of this is we could end up with another tour situation where an overzealous commander sends up an, air, an airplane fighter pilot, tells them to fire on one of these things, and then we end up with a giant mess. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder.